Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome back to episode 13 of season eight. Can you believe we're already here? Next week's the last one. I know. It's so sad. That's crazy. I guess like it just flew by. I feel like the last, I don't know, however many months have just flown by. Yeah. I think we recorded, we recorded so many in like a few big batches that feels like we haven't been recording that long, but they're going to come out for a while still in the future. Yes. (laughs) But we've got a good, fun conversation. Well, maybe not fun Fun is the first word we would use to describe it helpful good encouraging needed yes empathetic conversation (laughs) yeah for today that we are excited about but before that y'all know the drill bethany's got our housekeeping at the top and then i will get to the question of the day yes we have our three main things social media newsletter and the facebook group which i guess technically is part of social media but don't don't overanalyze this little list (laughs) yes First thing, if you aren't already, follow us on social media. Um, our Instagram is LFTM underscore podcast, and that's probably the best place to follow us. So head over there and do that if you haven't already. Second thing, if you haven't already, we have a newsletter that comes out every week on Thursdays. It's got links to relevant episodes we've done in the past, books we're reading, other podcasts we're listening to, stuff we mentioned in the episode, all that sort of thing. So if you haven't signed up for that, you can do that on our Instagram in the link in our bio or at lookingforthemiddle.com, our website. There's a button for that. And then last but certainly not least, we have a Facebook group that we have started. Um, I almost said on Facebook, but (laughs) that's in the title. (laughs) There we go. Um, Where you guys can just create community amongst yourselves and really kind of um, be able to talk and relate to people who are walking through the same season that you are, that we are, that we're all in together. Um... So if you would like to be a part of that, it's public to find, but private to join. So if you search for LFTM community, the group will come up and you can put in a request and we will get you uh, joined or added to that. And we're having a good time over there. I think there's talk of maybe if you are in the North Atlanta area, maybe we'll do a meetup over the summer or something. So join that if you want to be involved. It's in the very early stages, as in you've just mentioned it. And we're like, hey, that would be fun. That's as far as we've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That'd so, be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes. So definitely go check all of that out. All right. Question of the day. You ready? I hope so. Um, okay. There's a two. It's a two-parter. Oh, boy. One. Would you rather cook or bake? questions. <laughs> would you rather cook or bake? And of whichever one you pick, what's your favorite thing to make? Oh, definitely bake. I like baking. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing to bake... Well, if my my favorite thing to bake because I like to eat it would probably be snickerdoodles. Oh, Y'all know I guess. love snickerdoodles. Um, but I like to bake just about anything. I always like experimenting with brownies, yes. putting different things in them, trying different stuff like that. So that's fun. On the cooking front, though, I did just make not too long ago this like spicy chicken stir fry. Ooh, chicken and broccoli stir fry. And if I do say so myself for winging it, it was quite tasty. That sounds so yummy. that was fun lately on the cooking side okay so that what's yours good i want it to be cooking 
<laughs> I really do. I watch cooking videos like it's going out of style on YouTube. Um, I feel like I'm better at baking, but probably just because I've done it more. Mm-hmm. I feel like once I start cooking more, I will. Because it's been weird since I've been living with my parents of like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like my kitchen and it's not like I don't really buy food, which is great. And you're certainly not going to make food for the whole family. So yes. it's weird. Like, it's oh, I'm only weird... cooking this for me. Yeah, yeah. It's very weird. So I, get I liked <laughs> cooking when I was living in my apartment, but I, I, when it comes to baking, I make this pumpkin cream cheese roll. It's really yummy. At Thanksgiving. I forgot to do it this year. I was really bummed. But <laughs> um, I really like making that. And then I drink it. With, I drink coffee with it. I drink it with coffee. I don't drink a pumpkin <laughs> roll. I drink coffee with a pumpkin roll. And it's phenomenal. Um, but I do really like to cook. I like making anything pasta yes. related. I, I just... It, I feel like you can't really mess pasta up. You just throw a bunch of good stuff in it and like dump <laughs> yes. a bunch of cheese on top and you're going to be Voila. fine. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, that, Those would, are be, good. that would be my Great. Answer. Now I'm hungry. I know, so right? Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I want pasta and snickerdoodles. Yes. <laughs> what a lunch. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Oh. So let's distract ourselves by talking about this episode then yes. from our, our appetites. Um. Okay. So as you guys can tell from the title, we are talking about... Being single in the church and also feeling lonely. So, yay! Woo-hoo. Like fun, I said, so fun. Fun times. <laughs> no, but I think this is something that... I don't know. I think it gets overlooked a lot of times. And we've talked before about how there are a lot more single people in the church than there ever used to be, it would seem like. And so I don't think it's an overlooking from an intentional place. I think it's an overlooking from an, I want to say, part unobservant, part ignorant yeah, place in like general. Unprepared. Unprepared, yeah. So it's not, there's an, obviously no malice in it of like, ooh, let's, let's make sure these people don't feel included. But I do think, I do think it's a thing. Um, and so first we're going to kind of talk through why why is this a thing why why do you feel lonely in a church when there's plenty of people and all of that so let's we're gonna talk through some reasons why but then we're gonna spend the bulk of the time I feel like on okay we've established why and also why does it totally matter so now what do you do like kind of saying it's easy in this place to be like well you know I feel lonely so I'm just going to sit here in my feeling loneliness and whatever. But we're going to talk about, okay, what can you do? How can you maybe raise the awareness, raise the preparedness, raise the knowledge level? I don't know. Yeah. Of what this looks like. Because I think sometimes in church it's, there's people who are married and have kids and, oh my word, it's crazy and busy and being a parent is hard. It is. But then I'm not discounting any of those things. But then it's like from that perspective, it's like, oh, look at the fun single people who can do whatever they want. And so it's, that's where it's like, okay, no, there's like, that's not really how it goes. Yeah, that's not all there is to it. (laughs) Sure, there's an element of freedom, but that's not all it is. And so it's just kind of glossed over as, oh, they just have it made. Uh, We're preaching to the choir. You guys know that's not the case. We don't have to go any further into that. But okay, so let's talk about why. So I think the first big reason why it can feel lonely and I put in our notes here the perpetual in between so I feel like a lot of churches are really good about having you know 
kids' classes, and they have middle school, and they have high school, and they have college, and then young marrieds, yeah. right? And then young families. They have classes. They have stuff, quote unquote, for all of those areas. And some churches do for single ministry, singles ministries. A lot of times, I think they're stuff like, oh, hey, here's the singles ministry. And it's left to all the people involved to be the ones to perpetuate it a lot of times, which can be fine, but it also kind of just leaves you in that spot. So you're kind of like in this perpetual in between, like, okay, I'm out of college. I don't have a family yet. And so you're just kind of there. Yeah. Stuck in this in between. And especially if you're looking at, when I say like a prolonged season of singleness, I don't mean you never have dated anyone. I mean, maybe it does mean that, but at the same time, I'm meaning you know, you, you haven't ever gotten married. Like it's a, like it's a longer state of singleness and sure. Maybe you dated someone, you broke up, like there were people in and out, but net net at the end, you're still not married. Um, how are you filing your taxes? Let's, let's (laughs) that, there you go. Let's (laughs) use that terminology. And so I think it can be this more drawn out thing than it used to be. And so you're just kind of stuck in this place of like okay you've finished one milestone but you haven't gotten to the next one yet and until you do (laughs) you're just kind of stuck yeah and I don't know even if there are other people in that same stuck place (laughs) it can still seem lonely because you still like you said how do you file your taxes left with this one you still go home by yourself at the end of the day you know you're still at the end of the day literally (laughs) um are by yourself and so I guess that's Maybe that's the part that people who aren't in that place overlook because let's just be real. There may, maybe there may be times when they're like, you know, it'd be really nice to be sitting here by myself. Yep. <laughs> Which I get. Yeah. Um, but it gets old after a while. To, I mean, and then if you're more of an introvert, it takes a longer while for it to get old. <laughs> and that's okay. That. But it is just kind of this perpetual state of like, being in between and not really knowing where to go or who you fit with kind of. Yeah. I know one of my um, mentors works at a really big church and she is over women's groups. That's like her area of ministry. And when she first got there, her first problem she was trying to address was they were seeing a massive drop. And as soon as people, cause they have, you know, preschool, elementary, middle, high school, college, And then they have adult small groups, but they were seeing this massive drop of as soon as people graduated college, they did not come back to church and and get in a group. Now, maybe they were coming on Sunday. They were attending, yeah. But they weren't in a group until they were married with children. And so they're like, what are we missing? Like, what are we not doing well that they feel like they don't have a place? Yeah. Well, it's funny because, and I'm just going off my own experience, and I don't mean... There's no malice to this at all, again. But when you're single, out of college, but not married and have kids, like when you're around, let's say it's five or you're in a small group. I think that's probably the context you're talking. So let's yeah. say eight to ten women, yeah. let's yeah, say. Yeah. And seven of them, it's eight. so let's say it's ten and eight of them are married and have little kids. And then there's two that are single. Well, those eight, are going to talk about their kids and what they're doing. And, you know, I'm really dealing with this with little Bobby and, you know, Susie has this and well, I gave her this medicine or I tried this or have you tried that? And that's what they're going to talk about. And that is okay. I'm not, hear me. I'm not saying they shouldn't talk about those things, but one, 
I have nothing to contribute to that conversation at all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I babysitted this kid one time that had, I, I, what am I going to, I have nothing to contribute, which is also okay. But then it's like, okay, I'll just sit here and eat queso. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? So it's just, it's weird. But then at the same time, when they're all talking constantly about something that the other two of you really want, it's just like kind of a constant reminder that you don't have it. Yeah. So it's, I get it. It's a, it's not necessarily a fault. I mean, I think both the two don't, don't be super sensitive, <laughs> but the eight, like you can like realize that I think yeah, be sensitive to be it. Sensitive, you know, be, don't be too sensitive on this side, be a little more sensitive to it on that side. Um, but I can see why that would be like, it's like, well, I'm just gonna go on Sundays because, you know, I don't want to go sit and listen to them talk about their kids all the time. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think there's kind of with that dynamic too, there's the moms who've been with their kids all day and they just want adult conversation, which hundred percent understand. Yeah. But on the other side, I've been at work all day and I've had to deal with whiny adults. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Everyone I work with is great. Yeah. That's not personal experience. I'm just saying like I've been around people all day too. And so it's very tempting to say, Oh, I could just go home. Yeah. And there's nobody Instead there. of listening to them talk about yeah. their kids. And I'm not saying that's necessarily the right attitude on my part, but I understand why there would be this gap. And I think there's value in talking to people who are being, building relationships with people who are not the same season as you are. But I also think there's a lot of camaraderie and people who are. Yeah. So the balance there. I agree. I agree. I think another reason why you can feel lonely when you're in the church is all of the questioning. Yeah. Cause people are constantly undergo. pointing it out. Right. <laughs> and I don't know why that is like no one like, I, and I go back to it. I'm like, no one is constantly asking how your marriage is going. Like, Unless they're your really close friends. Yeah. But for whatever reason with this. It's just like, oh, I've talked to you twice and it's this little old lady. And she's like, have you seen anybody? I'm like, are you still sleeping with your husband? (laughs) Like, I would never say that. (laughs) Obviously. But like, you don't do, like, you just don't ask that personal of a question to somebody you don't have a relationship with. But you get those questions all the time. Are you seeing somebody? Oh, what about him? Like, new guy walks through the door, and it's like 14 of them are like, oh, oh, so have, did, did, you, did you see him? He didn't have a ring on. And it's like you've got your, it's like a it's like watch posse. team. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the guards. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they start asking the stuff like, well, are you like, what are you doing to put yourself out there? Like, are you meeting people? Are you basically, are you just sitting at home watching Netflix or are you actually doing something? Which I know they like, it's all well-intentioned, but it's just like, no, it is from a helpful place. Yeah. I will say, I don't, I don't mind these questions from people who know me well. Yeah. I want them to ask. Yeah. Um, because when they don't, it's like this thing that you're like, Oh, should I be embarrassed by this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want people who are close to me to ask, hey, are you seeing anyone? Like, oh, I saw this new guy who came into church. Like, what do you think? Yeah. I want those yeah. things, whether they're other single friends or my friends who are married, who are yeah. I'm close to. Yeah. I want them to ask those things. But you're the people but who people aren't who close. aren't, I'm like, then it comes back to, wow, this must be the only thing about me that matters because mm. I, you couldn't tell me what I do for work or actually most people could because I work at the church. That's a bad, <laughs> bad example. example. But like you couldn't tell me, you know, my favorite movie, what I like to do for fun, what my hobbies are. 
tell me five things about myself other than that I'm single. And if mm. you can't, like, don't ask me about my marital status. That's a great marker. I'm just saying. Don't you wish you could just say that to people? Be like, okay, what else? Before I answer your question <laughs> yeah. of this thing that stands out to you about me, do you know me well enough to answer these five questions? If yeah. you do, I will more than happily talk to you about my dating life. If you don't, then maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation. Right. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things that it's like, until people actually start doing that, it's never going to change. It's not. But, but I'm never going to say that no, to someone. No, no one's going to. And, and I don't, like, I'm not saying that, oh, we all need to just buck up and be like, how rude that you ever. <laughs> no. I'm, you know, don't get mean and sassy. Just let them listen to this episode. Yeah. Be let like, us hey. be sassy for you. <laughs> yes. We'll do that. We're real sassy to people we never know and yeah, we'll never see. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> we don't see them. They don't see us. They just hear our voices. Uh, but yeah, the questioning, and then, you know, we kind of talked about this a few episodes ago. Like, are you being too picky? Like, are you, are you, do you need to lower your standards a little bit? And I'm, mm. <laughs> standards, no. Just, Preferences, okay. We, but again, if you don't know me well enough to know what the differences yeah. those are of what I'm looking for, then that's not a question you should have the freedom to ask. Uh-uh. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, this was the most I happy mean, i, ugh, <laughs> yeah. I can just, get up on my soapbox about this. into the and i think that's part of like i already feel like there's this thing because oh my word you're single like everyone's trying to fix it it's this flashing sign over my head and then when that's the only thing people ask about it doesn't like it only makes the sign flash brighter yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. it's not helpful exactly and that's the only thing people say or the only thing they ask when they come up and say oh hey well how are you doing and that you can tell there's like okay looking at their watch waiting for you to hurry up and answer so that they can then say oh well um are you seeing anyone seeing i'm like wow you know it's like when you're uh, trying you're apologizing for something and then you say i'm really sorry but yeah it's kind of same you know same thing yeah to me that's true that's true and then kind of along those same lines this may be the <laughs> mentality behind all the questions another thing that can make it feel really lonely it's just the singular focus on marriage, which I don't know. I try to walk this balance on here, especially like if you know me in person, you know, like what I think. But when I'm just sitting here talking, it can sound harsher than I mean it. And we've said it before. I love that the church focuses on marriage. I think it's important. And we've said before, because being single and doing whatever you want and just living your life and all these things, that's not what's under attack in our society. That is held up and championed all the time. Marriage and family are greatly being attacked in our society. And so I do think it's the church's job to rally around that, hold marriage up in high regard and build up families. So that's where I'm coming from. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I don't think they need to do that to the exclusion of other people. And I think that happens a lot is there's a singular focus on marriage that then, you know, it's almost like it's holding marriage up as the better than option or the thing that you should be working towards no matter what. Now, sure, should most people get married and not just date forever? Yes, but there is a lot to learn. There is a lot to grow in. There's a lot to do as a single person, it's not a holding period until you get married. It's different, but it's still purposeful. And so I think 
that singular focus when you're even, you know, especially if you're a girl out there who's trying to find someone, trying to meet someone, doing quote unquote, doing all the right things and still not having that success you want. It feels like a failure at achieving that one thing that you're supposed to be achieving, you know? Yeah, it does. And it's just the better than side of it is just what has always stuck to me is like, I feel like if I'm not here, then if I'm not striving to get there, then I'm doing something wrong. And, but then at the same time, you'd be told like, be content in your singleness. And I'm like, and which way? Am, yeah. Which <laughs> one am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be content with where I am? Or am I supposed to be moving towards this? And I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I co-host a dating podcast. So obviously I like talking about relationships. So I'm not going to be like upset if there's a series on marriage, cause like you can still learn from it. It's still oh, good. Like sure. preparation. I'm not saying, Oh God, he's preaching on marriage again. I'm just, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Like that's <laughs> not true. But when it's, I, I think the thing that always kind of hits me is when a pastor like gives like, here's the thing we need to be working on according to scripture. Uh-huh. Here's a, how that applies to your everyday life. And every <laughs> example he gives only applies if you're married and like, yeah. And sometimes even if you just, even if you have kids or yeah. if you've ha- been married and had kids and you're like retired now or something, it's like we totally <laughs> yeah. skip over the, Hey, I'm saying I don't have that yet. How does that apply to me? And right. I have to, not that, I'm not capable of coming up with how an example of how this mental gymnastics sometimes. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Hey, if I'm not married, if I don't have kids and I'm 28 or I'm 35 or I'm 42, how does this apply to me? Right. How do I incorporate this? Well, and even in that, it's always like, well, and the best example of this is blah, blah, blah. When you're married and it's like, Oh, okay. So there may be applications here, but they're not really the best ones. Yeah. And you don't want to like, I don't know. You don't want to be overly sensitive yeah. On the one hand, because everyone is these days, you know, yeah. but then at the same time, you're right. There's never any sort of like correlation to an individual life. It's always in the context of, yeah, married, two and a half kids, picket fence, dog, all the, all the things, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think there's balance there. I'm not asking for it to only be one thing or the other. No, but balance is key. Yeah. Another reason, so a couple more, and then we'll get into the, what should you do with all of this? <laughs> um, if we don't spend a ton of time on this one, because I feel like if you've been here, you know what it's like. And if you haven't been here, God bless your soul. Um, <laughs> but it can feel lonely in the church when you've dated somebody in your church, and then you've broken up with them. And now it feels awkward. Especially if like y'all were in the same friend group. And maybe it was like, oh, all the single people are friends and then yeah. y'all dated and then you're trying to, it's like a Ross and Rachel situation of like, <laughs> who's taking us skiing this weekend? Who's taking us to the <laughs> yes. mountains next weekend or to the beach or whatever. And it's just this weird dynamic you're having yeah. to navigate now because maybe you had that community before and then one of the guys in the, like in that group, you're like, oh, he was really great and it didn't work out. And now it's like, oh, I feel isolated or I feel awkward or I feel like things aren't going to be the same because yeah. the dynamics changed and that that's just that's just tough. Like, it is. And it doesn't doesn't have to feel that way. Um I think if we date well and what I mean by that is you're moving forward 
keeping things paced well and you're not letting your emotional attachment outpace where you are now if you dated someone for like two years and then you broke up that's just gonna be tough like I get that but if it's a shorter term thing pace it well don't let it get way out ahead of you and I think you can go back to just being friends and it doesn't have to be super awkward for everyone it may be awkward between the two of you maybe um but it doesn't have to be I guess that's why like can it be is it very possible that it will be yes does it have to be no um but all of that really to get down to saying time is your friend with that you know push through the awkwardness don't isolate I guess yeah I think if you isolate and just you're going to end up just making the loneliness and the isolation more but you don't have to go to everything that the friend group has or the church has or whatever but push through that stay involved you know especially with your girlfriends stay plugged in and I think the awkwardness will pass yeah um that's yeah that's all I was trying to get I agree all right um last and then yeah last thing here about things just that seem to be contributors to why it's why it can feel lonely in the church being single sometimes. And I think one of the things here is that there are more, I put in quotes, older single people in the church than there ever have been. Um, and so, you know, I'm 35, which is a very different place to be than when I was 20. Um, and so it's like, like we were saying before, they have groups for all of these things, but then once you're well out of college and not married, it's still, you're kind of, on your own a little bit. And I mean, we had at our church, we had a, like a college and career type group that we've had for years. Then it's great for like college people coming up and then in your twenties and on, but then it kind of got to a point where it was like, okay, we almost had two groups within the group because those ages are just so different. I mean, let's talk about being 20 years old and in college and then me 35 I've almost been in the workforce as long as you've been alive you know what I mean and there's nothing wrong with either of those things it's just that my life and how I live it and what I do is very different from someone who is in or just out of college and so we ended up saying hey you know what let's split this let's have because then too like the younger college kids they were like there's a bunch of old people in there I don't want to do that which I don't blame them I wouldn't have wanted to if I was 18 19 in college and there's this group that has a bunch of like 30 somethings in it I'd have been like they're they're friends with my parents yeah you know what I mean like that's intimidating and or not cool (laughs) yeah one of the two take your or both and so we did we said you know what we're going to go ahead and create two official groups so that we're dealing with that um and so I think that's something that's helpful too is it's okay like not all singles are created the same are created equal yeah (laughs) um they are equal but you know what I'm saying it's not the same yeah um because yeah I want to go home and be in bed by 10 o'clock because I'm an old person I don't want to be gearing up to go out at 10 o'clock that's just not where I'm at anymore (laughs) so anyway yeah I I loved that y'all did that and like yeah. I really wanted them to call their group the dirty 30s and they won't do it because it's affiliated <laughs> with the church and I wanted so badly for like the associate pastor to get up and be like so the dirty 30s are meeting this Friday and we're not some, doing it and some new person's like what kind of church what have I done am I sitting in right now but I loved that and I thought it was super cool because it was a really like for the size of the church it was it's a very big group yeah which is so great, and it always has been. 
but I feel like it was one of those <laughs> things that like the way y'all talked about it, like everybody knew it needed to happen it was time and yeah. it was finally like okay this is this yeah. is the right thing yeah. to do but you may not have that luxury at your church yeah. you may not have that setup or whatever and so it may be tough if like there's three or four of y'all who are late 20s 30s 40s who are single and then the rest of the single people in the church are yeah. fresh out of college and it's like that's you're in a completely different stage yeah. stage of life season may be the same but stage and life experience mm-hmm. are completely different. Yeah. And I mean, if that's your situation, I would almost say stay involved with that younger group, almost in like an unofficial, like mentoring discipleship role, like impart all of your wisdom to the, yeah. to the young whippersnappers. <laughs> Just don't call them. Whippersnappers. Don't call them that. <laughs> um, but if there are four or five of you, like it doesn't have to be an official church thing like sanctioned by the church or whatever but like you can say hey four or five of you can we go through this book together can we meet every other week and you know do a bible study can we like whatever you can do that on your own you don't have to wait for someone else um that's good which actually kind of goes perfectly into our okay what do you do two of the episode (laughs) yeah because the first sorry i'm kind of like jumping right over (laughs) that's great let's jump in the first thing i have on here is to stay busy and so kind of like that transitions perfectly into that from the standpoint of like you don't have to wait for someone else to fix a problem that you see maybe you and this is an example my pastor has used uh, multiple times before is like like the church is lots of different people with lots of different giftings and you know the the bible uses the example of like the the body and like the arm doesn't do what the eye does and like all these different functions and so maybe you see this problem or this is something that's really important to you because you're the one that needs to do something about it yeah so if you just sit there and say oh why is no one doing anything about this and you get kind of bitter and angry and frustrated at leadership at the church at whatever First of all, those are not right reactions and that you're responsible for that period. But two, maybe no one else sees it like you do. Maybe you're there in that church seeing the things that you see so that you can be the one to do something about them. And I think yeah. it's fine to, not everything has to be an official church program. Like I was saying, with those four or five people who are in your same thing, be like, hey, guys, let's go through this book. Let's meet, let's do whatever and just start that. And you know what? That may stay just the four or five of you and that's it and but that served a great purpose for the four or five of you. Or it may be that that meets a need that then more, you may find that your group of four or five is suddenly 12, Yeah, you know, yeah. but, and you, so you don't know, like you being faithful to step up and address the issues that you see, God will, um, I don't mean God will reward that faithfulness from the standpoint of, you know, we're not talking about prosperity gospel. Yeah. Like, I don't mean like if you do this thing, then God will do that. But when we are obedient and following the Lord, he is faithful to his promises. That's what I mean by reward. Mm. Like he does bring about whether it's just a maturity and contentment in you, you know, that is, he is faithful to his promises. So I think, yeah, stay busy. Don't sit around and think about how lonely you are or how the church isn't doing what it needs to do. Stay busy, get out there, do something. Be the church. Yeah. Be, you know, if we are borrowing from our married friends you've got all the time in the world what else do you have to do (laughs) get out there and do something yeah I think that's that's just a good mindset to have because we've 
in the episodes we've done about like getting over a breakup Mm -hmm. or you know when you're feeling like you're the only single person in your friend group or whatever this is some consistent advice we've given in that there is a time and a place for you to have a pity night and (laughs) eat your ice cream and invite your friends over or be an introvert and watch some sappy sad (laughs) rom-com but you can't stay there and the more you feed into like that feeling the more it's gonna grow and the more more of a hold it's gonna have on you and so if you can switch that perspective of hey I can't just sit in this forever like are there gonna be moments where I just feel kind of crappy about it yeah Yeah. and can I acknowledge that yeah but do I have to feed into it and just wallow in it no and you know, getting involved in your church, being the church, figuring out ways that you can even address the problems you're facing instead of waiting for somebody else to do that for you. I may be jumping ahead and saying that no. a little bit, but that's a great mindset to mm-hmm. have. Another thing that you can do if you're feeling lonely in the church is make sure you have friends that are in the same stage of life as you, even if it's not in your church. Ideally, you would love for them to be in your yeah, church. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't say that's your first no. option. No, but if you can yeah. find them in your church, that's your first, because that's mm-hmm. automatically going to make it feel less lonely. Because mm-hmm. even if it's like just two or three other people and y'all can yeah. unite in your, you know, just your experiences and your perspective and stuff like that. Like that's going to be super helpful. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that in your church, make sure you have those friends somewhere Yeah, and make sure if they're not in your church, that they still share your faith and Uh they share, um, just your, your worldview and your perspective on, you know, how Christ is at the center of everything and all of that. And, And if you're sitting there thinking, okay, well that sounds great, but how in the world do I go about doing that? Do I put an ad on Facebook? Um, like, Maybe don't. If, <laughs> don't do that. That was just the first thing that came to mind. Don't do that. Like, put a <laughs> friends wanted ad. That can yeah. go very oh, badly. Gracious. Please do not do that. We do not endorse that yes. idea. <laughs> I don't know how much more strongly I can say that. Yes. But if you're wondering, okay, great. What in the world do I do? Hold on. Hold that thought. We'll get to something towards the end. Yes. We're coming back to it. Um. But yeah, I think. And even... I would say it's very easy to look through your church and be like, oh, there's no way I'm going to find my people here. I'm the only one who, and if you really look, you might be surprised that you're not the only one. And I think that there's just something really, like we were saying earlier, I'm not saying you shouldn't have friends in other stages of life or other seasons of life. I think there's a lot of value in that, but I think, it's really important to have at least a few core friends, even if it's just a couple that are that know what you're going through, mm-hmm. that can empathize with you, and that you can share experiences with that they're going to be able to relate to. Because, yeah. like, you know, I can like Bethany and I can talk about something, and she and I know exactly what each other is talking about because we're in the same right. boat in the same season. And then you have somebody else 
I could go talk to who is married with four children and in her forties and I can be sitting there and telling her like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. And she can maybe be like, Oh, I remember that. But I'm like, but do you? And if <laughs> yeah. you do, it was very different when you were going through it than it is <laughs> yeah. now. And then she's telling me about her life. I'm like, I have no idea how to relate to you. And there's, <laughs> yeah. and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just important to have those people in your life who you can relate to, who can relate to you, who can empathize and, it's we're just saying if you can yeah. find those people in your church find them if you can't find them somewhere else yeah. and pray for those people like mm-hmm. i am a huge test my life is a testament to praying for friends because the <laughs> lord has really come through on that for me when i went through different seasons of my life where i was i just didn't have great friends or i didn't have any close friends or i went through a friend breakup and needed like needed friendship whatever the Lord has never not answered that prayer. Now, has mm-hmm. he taken longer than I thought would be helpful <laughs> for him to answer it? Yes. Is that the story of my life? Yes. But he's always answered it. And I tell everybody, I'm like, if you don't have friends or you don't have the kind of friends you want to have, pray for those kind of friends and pray mm-hmm. for God to bring them into your life. And I yeah. am very certain that he would love to answer that <laughs> prayer for you. So, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I agree with all of that. And then yes. moving on, ironically enough, our next point is to find friends in different stages. Yes. Um, Told you I was jumping ahead. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> no. And this is something, well, okay. For both of these, I want to, I don't know, not reiterate. That's not the right word, but like underscore that I would say the most important thing to have in common with your very close friends is that you both are pursuing the Lord. Yes. That you are both going in that same direction, that that is something that is a common bond between the two of you. Other things are secondary. And so you may be in a place where all of your friends are in different stages and you may be in a place where all of your friends are in the same stage as you. And while we're saying, oh, you need to find friends in the others, like need maybe a strong, like that would be an ideal. Like this would be something that would be an encouragement. It would be helpful. But the most important thing is that you're both pursuing the Lord and that that is something that's a priority. And that is something that you're both moving towards. Yeah. So once that, like if, if that, if your options are five friends who are all moms and married for 10 years who are doing that versus a bunch of single people who aren't Mm. the moms need to be your crew. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's a so great way to think about it. Just, I just wanted to put that out there. And then, so you can kind of filter everything we're saying right now through that lens. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, but no, I do think it's good to find friends in different stages. And I would, I would almost say when you're, when you are late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, the typical situation when you're talking about friends in the same stage, maybe people meaning they're single, they're, they haven't been married, whatever. That may look like people who are in the same stage of life that you are, as in they're not married, but their ages may be pretty different from yours. Yeah. It may be younger people who are just out of college or in their early to mid-20s, or maybe an older woman who is a widow or who is a single mom or something like that. Like they're all unmarried, but they're in different age brackets. Whereas when you're talking about friends in different stages, when you are in your late twenties, early mid thirties, it may be that those are the people who are your age. Yeah. 
So just keep that in mind. We're not saying, okay, you have to find single, single friends who are your age, who meet like all these criteria and then friends in different stages who meet this separate group. Like, like Kristen was saying, pray about it. Pray that the Lord would give you an attitude of wanting to pursue friendships, but also be receptive of the people he puts in your life and then just dig into those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, there's no rule anywhere that says, okay, single people can only hang out with single people and young moms with young moms and married couples with married couples and blah, 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 you know, so on and so forth. Um, there's value in that, but I think there's also value in like putting them together. And like at our church, all of our small groups are more, like location based maybe which I, I see value in both but I think that's why we have like our singles group which is kind of basically a small group that's all single people or mostly and then um we have our small groups that are like church-wide that are you know in mine there's grandparents in it there's single people in it there's families like it runs the gamut and there's a lot of value in that too yeah because there's a lot of wisdom there a lot of life wisdom um from walking with the lord for longer periods of time um but then too, when you're with people, you know, we talked at the beginning about all these reasons why it can seem lonely. So when you're in these places of forming friendships with people who are in different stages, you don't have to like make it your mission, but here's your chance to kind of help them see that this whole thing of either being married or being single isn't the end all be all for like what matters in life. You know, we're talking about bringing about that change and like wanting to help people see how it comes across and we say, oh, but I would never say this to someone because I don't know them well. So get to know them well. Yeah. Like here's your, not here's your chance, but like if you're forming friendships with people that go beyond surface who are not in the same stage of life as you are, you're going to be able to have those conversations of like, here's what's hard about being single when people do X, Y, Z and blah, 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 blah. That's where that starts to change. But you have to be putting that effort in and forming those relationships. Yeah. And I think that, just like in that case, they could be learning something from you. Like then you turn it around and you're learning from other people too, who For are sure. in different, like have different life circumstances than you do. I think you've modeled this really well. I think about Heather mm-hmm. and like, who's one of your best friends yeah. and she is married with like her son's about to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, y'all have such like a great friendship and it's this balance of like, oh, y'all go do fun things together. Mm-hmm. So it's not like just a mentorship thing, but also like you're talking to her about your dating life. Yeah. And like she's asking questions and she's giving advice and like all of that stuff. And you've made a point of like, I'm going to surround myself with people who, yes, I'm going to be able to like hang out with and do fun things with, but I also want to learn from people. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such value in that, that we like, that's something that I've loved recently with um every time mel and i talk she even said she's like this is so fun that like we're getting to talk about things she's like i didn't really have like a whole lot of people to talk about what to when i was getting engaged and getting Mm -hmm. married because she was basically the first one of the you know our whole friend group and it's nice to have those people too who yeah mel's married been married for four and a half years almost and is about to have her second kid and I'm just now about to get married but she's not so far removed that she doesn't remember and she's still like going through things that I'm walking into right now and so we've been able like even though we're in very different stages and seasons of life 
it's cl- it's happening close enough together yeah. that there's still that relatability. I think that's important too. And I think that it can be really tempting to think, oh, they're married with three kids and there's no way we could like mm-hmm. have anything in common or have a deep friendship, or whatever. And that's just not true. Like you can still find that. Does it take work? Are there going to be things you don't relate to? Like, yeah, yes. But there's still value in that and there's value from learning from your friends. And that's what I feel like you're, you really want to capitalize on. Yeah. Not that you're using your friends just to learn from them, but like, <laughs> that's something you want to look for when you're looking for friends who are in different stages and seasons. Yeah. Of life. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So the next thing you can do or should do, um, is be outward focused. If you're feeling lonely in the church and you're like, what do I do? Don't focus on that. <laughs> you know, like Kristen said, pray that the Lord would bring good friends into your life. But while you're waiting for that, don't just sit around and think about how you don't have any good friends, you know? Um, so be outward focused. It's so easy to turn inward when you feel uncomfortable in your singleness. Or if it's like, like whenever an insecurity is brought to the forefront, whether it's your being single or whatever it is, we want to just kind of turn inward and put up a wall so other people don't see that insecurity. Um, but like your being single is not something that's like a sin issue that you need to be ashamed of <laughs> unless, I mean, if you're being too picky and have unrealistic expectations, I still don't know that that's sin. It's just no. not the wisest, but it's not as if you are single because you did something whatever. Wrong, yeah. yeah. That's not, it's not, not a, a punishment. punishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's okay for it to be what it is. It's okay to be single and it's okay to be okay with it. I think a lot of times people tell you to be content in your singleness, be content in the Lord. But if you're too content, then they're like, Oh no, no, that's a problem. Yeah. And I I always say complacency and contentment are not the same thing. Um, so I can be content, but not be complacent. Um, and so it's okay to move forward with a full single life. I mean, we've done episodes on that in the distant past of like, live your life. Don't don't get caught in a holding pattern. Um, but also don't get caught looking inward only. Focus on what you can do for other people and not just on what you can't do for yourself. You can't make there be someone in your life. You can't materialize a boyfriend out of nowhere. So... Focus on what you can do for other people, whether it's serving in a ministry in the church, whether it's reaching out to specific people who are going through a tough time. Focus on what you can do. Be involved. Use your time well and not just sitting around waiting for something that's not guaranteed. Yeah. And I think as you do that, you're going to realize that there are going to be other groups of people, particularly in your church, who feel the same way you do, even Mm -hmm. if they're not in the same category, quote unquote. Um, we talk about, you know, widows and single moms Mm -hmm. and just, they have the singleness part in common, but they are under very different circumstances. And so, but they could be feeling the exact same way you are. And until you turn outward and shift your focus, like it's going to be really easy for you to feed the lie that, oh, I'm the only one who feels this way. And I'm like, poor pitiful me. I'm so lonely. And everybody (laughs) else has a person and everybody else has community and everybody else has this. And it's like, no, that's not the case. And 
what is it? I heard somebody say the other day, like we are the most connected society or like we've ever been and the loneliest we've yeah. ever been at the same time. Like loneliness is a legitimate rampant issue right now. And I think if you turn outward, you're going to realize that and then not only realize it, but be able to like move towards other people in yeah. that. Because yeah, we're more lonely than we've ever been as a society as a whole. But then at the same time, everyone's waiting for someone else to come in and fix their loneliness. And if everybody sits around and waits, it's never going to change. So be the person that goes and does. Yeah. And this is something that I did several years. I was very focused on several years ago of like, okay, if you feel like you're on a fringe group, like in the church, you're kind of on the fringes of like, we're talking about being stuck in that in between. You kind of feel like on the fringe. Okay. Go find someone or multiple someone's other groups that might be kind of on a fringe and be to them what you wish someone would be to you mm-hmm. be the friend to them get to know them help them serve them and one you're gonna focus way less on wanting someone to do those things for you but two like your whole mindset changes to where not only are you going to not be thinking about that, but you may be thinking, you know what? Why do I need someone to come do this? I'm going to be this for other people. And so when you focus on that, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that was a big focus for me a few years ago. And like, I have some really great friendships out of that with people who I wouldn't have just naturally crossed paths with necess- necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, focus on being and doing what you want someone to do for you. And this is just just with friendships in general. Everyone's waiting for everyone else to initiate, oh, let's go to dinner. Oh, let's go to a movie. Oh, let's hang out. And they're like, oh, well, I'm always the one that's asking. I'm always the one that's doing. So they must not really be a good friend. At a point, that's true. But I just resolved a long time ago that I didn't care. If I want to hang out with someone, I'm going to be the one that says, hey, let's go do something. Um, now, sure, there has to be reciprocation here. Like, I, I'm not being yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. I get that. Yeah. But I'm not like, okay, well, I have asked three times to go do something, and we have. And so now I'm not saying anything else until they do. No, everyone's busy. Everyone feels weird. Everyone doesn't know. So just don't worry about that be the one to plan stuff yeah i was listening to one of annie down's podcasts recently where she interviewed jenny allen and jenny allen just wrote a book called find your people Mm. and it's all about like finding community and um annie asked the question she was like when is it time like how do you know if it's time for you to go first to initiate friendship to initiate Uh community and when is it your time to like wait and Jenny said she's like it's always your turn to that's go first. exactly what I was gonna say it is always your time to go first yep. and that is gonna be easier for some people than others yeah and I I've also listened to um I couldn't tell you what episode this was this was forever ago but Stephanie Mae Wilson's podcast when she talked about when they moved from Georgia to Nashville mm-hmm. and she didn't know anybody she was like I made up my mind that I was just going to ask people to hang out because I didn't have any friends and I wasn't (laughs) going to sit at home waiting for somebody to ask me to go do stuff. I asked people to coffee. I asked people to lunch. 
It was very uncomfortable at the beginning because that is not my personality <laughs> at all. But I just made up my mind that I was going to. And she's like, I was so glad I did because that's how I found my friends. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get out of this mentality of, oh, I'm lonely, but I want somebody else to fix it. Yeah. Like if you're that, what is it? The pain when well, I always butcher the saying, but I love it so much. You will change when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. Mm-hmm. If you need to rewind that, you can. Um, <laughs> but until you get uncomfortable enough, basically, mm-hmm. you're not going to do anything. But like, yeah, the longer you sit in loneliness, the suckier it's going to get. So <laughs> yeah. if you want that to change, like you have the power to initiate relationships, initiate yeah. community, initiate conversations well, and, and do oh. that. Sorry. Yeah. No, um, we were talking about staying in that loneliness. One thing I want to just kind of point out, loneliness is one thing. Self-pity is another. Mm, that's good. Loneliness is fu- like, it's okay to feel lonely. It's not, there's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. But, but if you stay there very long, focused on that with our sin nature, it will invariably and quickly become self-pity, which is not okay. Because self-pity says, I deserve better than this. God is withholding something from me. And poor little me. Um, everyone's out to get me. Like, you just spiral. And that is, that's a very um, not trusting place mm-hmm. of the Lord. And so, that's what, that's part of what I'm saying. Be out, outward focused. Stay busy. Do things. Because if you just sit and focus on your loneliness you're going to end up in a um, bitter self-pity place that is you're basically heaping your own pride and sin onto your loneliness and there's yeah. just no need to do that. No. Yeah. Um, that's so yeah. That's a good point. All right. The last thing we're going to leave y'all with is the fifth thing you can do okay. if you're feeling lonely in the church. And that is have a conversation with somebody in leadership in your church about all of this caveats before I get into the specifics of this <laughs> this is not a an emotional this should not be an emotionally charged conversation <laughs> this should not be a venting session and this should not be on the cusp of something that specifically happened that you want to go complain about okay this you can use it as an example yes or as a catalyst of hey this made me think I want to come talk to you yes but, but yeah <laughs> not the Hey, you said this really made me angry and hear all the things you're doing wrong and ministering <laughs> and not ministering to single people in the church. But it's okay for you to approach somebody in leadership at your church and say, Hey, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with you about just to get a better understanding of like, what is the plan in our church to minister to single people? Is there even a plan? Uh-huh. Like, w- what are y'all doing to reach this particular community? Or questions like, Is the pastor aware of like, who is sitting in his congregation? Uh-huh. Is he making a conscious effort to give examples that are relatable to people that don't have a spouse and 2.4 uh-huh. kids, you know? And, or is that just kind of his default because maybe that's where he is or that's where he's been. And that's where, Oh, well the majority of people in the church are young family. So uh-huh. most people get this, but are, if anything, it's just bringing awareness because if somebody, we, I mean, we've said this since we started the show. If you've never been single in your late 20s or early, th- early 30s, you will never understand what it's like to be <laughs> single in yeah. your late 20s and early 30s. And even if you were, being single then at that age 
if they're, you know, 20 years older than us, is different than it is now. Mm -hmm. And so if you come at it from a standpoint of, hey, I just want to help. Like, I want to, like, give y'all a picture of what it's like to sit in a chair Mm -hmm. in this church during a service in my stage of life. Yeah. And... It comes from a humble place. Yeah. It's not from a here, let me fix all of your problems place. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and I think about too, you know, you may be listening to this and you have been following the Lord for a long time. You've got a lot of spiritual maturity. Like you're able to connect dots. Like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, he gave this example and, this, and he said it applied to, you know, if you and your husband are fighting or if you and your kids did this or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, I don't have a husband or kids, but I know how to apply this. If you have like new people coming into your church who are single and don't have that yet, are they still making this accessible enough to those people? Like right. you're, you're almost becoming like an advocate <laughs> yeah, for the different like single people that will come into your church and because yeah, you may be really invested in this church and you may love this church. And even if they don't really change a ton, you're, you may not go anywhere. You may stay, but that may not be the case for everybody. And so if you can have these conversations and raise awareness and, and come at it, like Bethany said, from a humble standpoint, you could really make an impact Mm -hmm. and make a difference and see some change for the better within your church just by having conversations. Yeah. One thing I want to say something that might be not controversial, but spicy take, maybe a challenge. So we're saying, talk to someone in leadership at your church. If you were in a church that either because of the size of it or the setup of it, or just your, but not your lack of involvement. That's not the right way of saying it, but lack of being plugged in or whatever. But I think a lot of times the size of it, if you're in a church to, where the size of it prevents you from knowing who the leadership is. You don't know who you would talk to. Mm. You don't have anyone you would even know to go to, to talk to about this or something else. Or I was going to say, or the pastor doesn't know you exist in that church, but I'm not going to say that because there are lots of great churches where the pastor can't know every single person, but do they have a structure, a leadership structure through the elders and the deacons who someone knows you're there. There is someone, I mean, because the pastors and the elders of the church are to be the shepherds. They are to know their sheep. And if you're in a place where I think a lot of times it's because of the size, no one knows. Now, if it's because you're hiding in the back and leaving as soon as possible, that's on you. But if you're there and you're plugged in and you're involved, but like they're, they're not knowing, they don't, no one has any idea you exist at that church. Is that really a good place to be? Are they shepherding your soul? Are they able to guide you along? Because you can go have this conversation with someone. They're going to be like, who was that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just a challenge as you're evaluating. Is the church you're in able to shepherd you and the rest of the body well? Yeah. Start there. Yeah. And I would also say kind of in this out. Now this will go against what you're saying. I don't think it will, but it's something that like, as you're discerning that, because if yes, you're involved and you don't really know who to go to and, and you're plugged in, you're serving whatever, and you never really come in contact with staff people, then yeah, that's something definitely. But if you're not involved whatsoever yeah, and you're showing up on Sunday morning, right as the service starts, and then you dip out and you're not trying to get in a small group and you're not serving and you're not you know, whatever. And then you want to go have a conversation. 
yeah that's on you yeah <laughs> you you probably don't have the like the relational equity with yeah. anybody in the church to be able to like because again beth it's gonna be like well who who is this person like yeah. you want to if the church is set up how it should be there should be somebody that you're as you're serving but most likely as you're serving, if you're having a hard time finding community, like if you're volunteering, you're going to know like this is the staff person that's over mm-hmm. hospitality. This is the staff person that's over, you know, elementary small group leaders. Right. And you're going to get to know those people. They're, you're, we called them um, when I worked at my church that was a very large They were like the key volunteers because uh-huh. they were dependable. They were there all the time. Everybody knew them. Right. And... It was a very big church, but you knew those people Mm -hmm. and you grew to trust those people and you wanted their input. You wanted to see how things were going for them and you listened to them if they did have a concern because you knew they were invested. And if you are looking at church as a consumeristic thing of what can I come in here and just soak up and then I want to tell you all the things you're doing wrong (laughs) and not ministering to single people. Yeah. That's going to be a tougher conversation for you to initiate and for you to have. So just... Yeah, definitely use a lot of discernment when you're yes. figuring that out. Okay, and then last thing, which we said before, okay, if you're trying to figure out how in the world do I make friends of people who are single outside the church, the outside of your church if there aren't any others, is on the heels of having a conversation, like you said, with someone in leadership at your church, um, is be willing to do some things too. Like don't just go and say, hey, here's all the problems. What are you planning to do? How are you going to fix this? But go in saying, hey, I see this as a problem. I see this as an issue. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to help. And I think one thing you can do if there aren't many single people at your church, because that may be the answer, is like, look, we want to do this well, but there's three of you. Yeah. So what do we do? So what is the plan for that? What do you do? Um, I think something that maybe you go in and say, okay, well, what are some like-minded churches in the surrounding area? let a volunteer to like put together a mixer you know let's say okay well great let's host a singles night for three or four churches in the area have them come hang out meet new people because if there's a lot of single people over here who are staying single and a lot of single people over here who are staying single well then let's just introduce some new single people to all of them and see what happens. Yeah. Um, because trust me, this is not an issue that's completely unique to your church. You would not be listening to this if it was. It's true. If there was just one church that had this problem or this issue, there wouldn't be all of you guys out there trying to figure out what to do. That's a great point. So this is not something that's unique to your church. Um, so maybe volunteer to do that. And you know what? Let's in the, um, Facebook group, I'll put out a question. I'll, start a discussion because this is something I thought about doing for at my church even so let's brainstorm a little let's maybe you've done this maybe you have experience with this maybe you have ideas I'll put it in the Facebook group and we can uh, chat about it what do we what do we want to do and what that looks like I love that and then we can all report back once we've done it there you go because we're going into summer this is the perfect time to do something like this so that's a great point that's my Final thought on the matter. Final thought. Parting (laughs) thoughts. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We will be back next week with the season finale. Y'all, I can't believe it. Isn't that crazy? So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good one. But until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. (laughs) 